Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Yes, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be a great, great show tonight, today, this afternoon, this evening, middle of the night, whenever you're listening. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can listen whenever you want. My name is Sam Roberts. This is my wrestling podcast. I'm not a wrestling journalist. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a guy who does a wrestling podcast. I'm a fan. I get access to talk to wrestlers. I wanted to share that with you. Before we get started, do me a favor. Go to iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Make sure you like, rate, review. Do everything you're supposed to do to a podcast uh, to show your support because it helps me get more great guests for the show like today. Oh, do I have a guest for you today? If you've read the title of the podcast, you already know who the guest is. We'll do State of Wrestling. There's a ton to get into. We'll talk a little more about the draft. Of course, I want to get into the Will Ospreay-Ricochet match. Uh, 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 everything that happened on, well, a little bit happened on Raw. <laughs> we'll get into the little bit that happened on Raw. John Cena's new t-shirts. So much, so much. But first, Rey Mysterio is on the podcast this week. I'm so excited to have this interview with Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio is one of the few guys I have never spoken to throughout his entire run in WWE I never got the chance to talk to Rey Mysterio, and this is a guy who's done it all. I mean, he's one of the few who had a run in ECW, short, but he had a run. However, he had a very—he was a mainstay in WCW, and then also a mainstay in WWE. Not many people can say that they did that. Uh, He—he's revolutionized everything. You know, he's done a lot. You talk about the, and we'll get in, you talk about the Ricochet-Will Ospreay match. If Rey Mysterio doesn't popularize Lucha style of wrestling in America, I don't know. I don't know because I know that it was a Japanese match. But you're talking about two guys that are not Japanese. And it wasn't a Lucha style match. It was this new infused style of wrestling that brings in elements from Lucha as well as elements from American wrestling as well as elements from Japanese wrestling. And Rey Mysterio is, uh, I would say, arguably the most influential Lucha wrestler of his generation. it, It would be tough for you to tell me that there is a cruiserweight from that class of the late 90s that is more influential than Rey Mysterio. Uh, He's now on Lucha Underground, which is, again, a very, very important show because Lucha Underground proves that there is something to be done differently in wrestling. You know, you talk about wrestling a lot, like how do you compete with WWE? Well, you do something different. 
Lucha Underground is the place where something different is happening, right? Because every time you hear do something different, you go, well, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. Just something different. It needs to be different. Well, Lucha Underground is different, and it's actually working. Enough of me rambling on and on and on and on and on. I want to present you with my interview with Mr. 619. Who's that jumping out the sky? Ray Mysterio. Here he is on the podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Man, oh man, I can't believe in all my time of interviewing wrestlers, I've talked to like everybody, and somehow you're like one of the few that's ever somehow gotten away from me. <laughs> as I've it never were. got invited. Ray Mysterio's here. <laughs> never Ray, was invited. What's man. the haps? Man, I wish I would have gotten invited. Before. You know what it is? What? When you're in WWE, it's a little tough to get the direct ah, invite. You know what I mean? Man. You got to go around. You got to know the passages. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're finally here, man. Thank you. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I, I was thinking about you because uh, this part of your career has got to be especially sweet. Just it, it feels like what you're doing with Lucha now is almost getting to enjoy all the work that you've put in. You know what I mean? Because you get to the, the fans appreciate you like an insane amount. You don't have to work. Every night of the year, you get to see young guys who I'm sure the young guys are my age. So the young guys all came up watching you. I mean, yeah. this is this is this has got to be like the the kind of good part. It it is it is in many ways. Uh, most definitely the the talent inside Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. uh, like the Pumas, like the Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix and and uh, Phoenix told me a story one time. I went to go do an autograph signing in Mexico City. And he was just probably nine, ten years old. That place got so crowded that they had to pull me out of the mall that I was supposed to be signing autographs in. Wow. And they they took me off site for a second, and then they tried to reschedule it within an hour, hour and a half outside the mall because it got too crazy inside. That when I, when I made it outside, a lot of fans were so pissed off that, no, they wanted to get to me right away. So they had to pull me offside again, and then it never happened. So Phoenix goes, bro, I was crying, man, because I didn't get a chance to see you. <laughs> yeah, you he know, was one of the guys up. trying to rush yeah. the... <laughs> you know, that, that, that makes you realize, wow, how many, how many cats have I influenced right. here in, in the locker room? What year was that 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 happened? That was probably in 2003. Yeah. So what year did, like, like rock star status, like, that hit? Because, I mean, I know you obviously you were huge in Mexico before any of us stateside really knew you, right? You are big. Right. I think as, as much as I could have gotten. Right. Uh, um, obviously, if I would have stayed there much longer, the name would have grown much more. But the opportunity came to, EC, to come to ECW. Right. And from ECW, it opened up with WCW. But I think rock star status came in WWE. Yeah. And that's, that's when, when it, it opens up worldwide. Global, yeah. It yeah, was I was crazy. talking... Uh, have you met uh, Finn Balor, Ferg Devitt? No, yeah, Prince no, Devitt. no. But he was—he's one of the guys, right? He's uh-huh. like he's big in Japan, uh-huh. and he thinks that you know everybody knows who Devitt is. Like this, he said he got to WWE, and it's like it blew up on huh? this whole other world. That's like, crazy. It's, it's it's this whole other thing. I think well, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- were you ready for that? Because you I, you had spent years before you got to WWE. You were established in WCW. Like you had been there for a long time. You were an American. Name, so it's not like you were coming from this foreign place and being exposed to America for the first time. In all honesty, I was so 
doubting myself because so many guys had told me, man, Vince Vince ain't about the small smaller uh, weight classes. You know, right. he likes bigger guys in his company. So I was like, when when they bought out WCW, mm-hmm. they said, sit back with your WCW contract and get paid. You know, you're not gonna have to work. Just get paid, and when your contract runs out, which was the following year of 2001, right. April, then we can sit down and negotiate. So I they said, told you that they said oh yeah. they oh said yeah. chill. Yeah, they said chill. Make the money. <laughs> right. You don't have to work. You know, uh, uh, just relax. You know, we'll we'll come at you when when uh, your contract is up. I was like, is that is that a way of blowing me off? Right, that's what I'd be thinking too. <laughs> yeah, like, I said, ah, it's all right. You know, let me make my money. That's like and, your girlfriend being like, no, 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 you can go date whoever you want, exactly. and I'll be right back in a couple years. <laughs> like, don't worry. So, it, anyways, uh, um, my wife and I sit down, like, man, we better make sure we save this money that's coming up because yeah. it might run out pretty soon. No, you know what? They kept their word. Uh, I remember. January of 2001, did a little bit of shows in Puerto Rico because I'd never been there. Mm-hmm. I was able to wrestle in Arena Mexico for the first time. Uh, so a lot of things happened that I that I wanted to accomplish on my own. And then, uh, sure enough, the call came. JR hit me up. And he said, hey, we're ready to sit down and negotiate. We sat down, negotiated. I was like, I just want an opportunity. Right. You know, that's all I wanted, you know, and uh, that's what I got. So, so they didn't, like, promise you the moon. Like, they're not sitting there being like, you're going to be this main event guy yeah. that you ended up being. No. Right. No, JR was probably the most straight up he could have been. He said, you know what? This is what we have to offer. You know, but, of course, with your work status, you can make much more than that depending on how you want to develop yourself. Right. So. Right. And he said, he, he told me, he goes, I know you have the potential, so. You're looking at big numbers here. And then did you spend that year off getting big? Because when you showed up in WWE, you were way bigger. Oh, way bigger. And that's what you did, thinking like, oh, this is like the land of the Giants, so let me let me get big? Or was it just a thing that you wanted to do? I, I knew size-wise I couldn't get any taller. Right. So the only thing I can do is just be consistent with my workout, be consistent with how I look physically, mm-hmm. my image. I've always tried to take care of my image inside the ring with my outfits, attire. Totally. Nice and clean. Yeah. You know, and I think that had a lot to do with my presence inside the ring. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And is that up to you? I mean, I always wondered, like, the little questions like that, like the gear changes. Because you were a guy who was coming out with new gear, like, every other week. And yeah. it was always, like, there was never sort of old gear on you. Yeah. Like, if the minute it got ratty or whatever, it's gone. It's dead. Believe it or not, I learned that from my uncle, man. Really? My, my uncle, uh, uh, he actually taught us that. Not verbally, mm-hmm. but he would do that. Every time he would wrestle, he would wear a different mask, match up different boots and different tights. So kind of you just pick that off from your mentor, you know. Right. Uh, and once I mean, once I made it to WWE, it was like, my shit has to be nice and clean. Right. I got to make sure I do something different every time. Pay-per-views, what's... Uh, Superheroes, let's blend that in. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and then you start getting the action figure deals. Then you start getting the sell the masks on WWE shop, yeah. and you're like, this does pay for itself. And, and believe it or not, I didn't do it with honesty, with the intentions of making a, a, a profit out of it. It just that's just how my mind flows, you know. Right. With with outfits, with my gear, and with my wrestling moves. And it's funny too because it got to a point where it's like, especially like WrestleManias, it was like, oh, what's oh, it's Avatar or yeah. whatever it yeah. was, yeah, whatever it was. Um, but that was your investment that you were making. Yeah, yeah. I was, and nobody uh, at, actually. At one point, they told me you got to stop doing this <laughs> because we're gonna get sued. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that Joker one. That's too close. Too close, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, 
I mean, it, it, I try, I've always tried to keep it fun, you know, yeah. and uh, mysterious for the fans because it was always like, man, what are you going to bust out now, Ray? And they would give me ideas, you know. As a matter of fact, Avatar, a good friend of Matt Hardy's, mm-hmm. told me, bro, next next WrestleMania, and he, go, and he wrote it down on paper, he goes, here. I said, oh, man. <laughs> I said, that's good. I said, I promise you I'm doing that one. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough, man. It, it happened. worked, man. <laughs> yeah. What did you think when you first got to, like, ECW? Like, did you realize that there was a difference or – because or, I would imagine if that's your first taste of American wrestling, really, you're going like, oh, this isn't as big as I thought it was or this is – I'm allowed to do more than I thought I would be allowed to do. Like, did you realize that ECW was not typical of American wrestling when you got there? I knew it wasn't typical because of the style. Yeah, it was. You weren't seeing this in Mexico, right? Uh, you weren't seeing hardcore matches. You would see a chair every now and then, but tables and fire and and barbed wires, like whoa. Uh, but when it got when it got interesting for me was my first day there. Is okay with respect, Polly. Is it okay if we grab a table? Uh, Polly's like, man, you can do anything you want. Just go out there and have some fun. So we got a little creative, you know, Psychosis and I did the Frankensteiner off the balcony. And, yeah. and every time it's like, okay, we got more comfortable, you right. know, with, with, uh, with uh, the arena and uh, the areas that we can wrestle in. And that, that was just part of, of Polly being Polly yeah. and letting you go out there and have fun, enjoy yourself. But I never knew that there was a limit to what you can do until I got to WCW and and. Orders were different, you know, right? There was when it somebody. was like, no, this is the table spots. This match, you guys exactly. are doing this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, was there, at what point did you start to really be conscious of your body? Because somebody who's wrestled like you do, I can't think of anybody that's really able to wrestle consistently and as long as you have. You know what I mean? Like, they, obviously, you have to switch up as you go without completely losing the identity of who you are. Yeah. Is that just picking your spots more delicately and precisely? Now, after so much uh, of yours being on the grind, now I do pick my spots. And now my mind tells my body, don't do this right now. You know, hold back. So, right. so uh, before it was, it was the young Ray. You know, even after two, three surgeries, I was still trying to do that same move that busted my knee to my previous <laughs> surgery, you, you know, doing it again. So... Uh, obviously, that, that maturity and, and uh, that uh, self-growingness and, and being uh, 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 trying to be ahead of the game and, and stay in the game, right. you know, that, that keeps you a little bit more sane in the ring. But uh, I think that didn't happen until probably my last WWE run. So I even mean, when you started in WWE, it was still like, oh, we got to go balls to the wall right oh, now yeah. because we have to prove that there's a reason that I'm here. Yeah. I mean, it was like that. And... and uh, I think even in WWE more than WCW, the days being on the grind were much harder. And and when I came in, the roster was like fully stacked. We still had a Rock, we still had a right. Triple H, we had Kurt Angle, Eddie, Chris, myself, uh, Jericho. I mean, it was. It and it was, seemed too like there was like you guys could see opportunity. Like you're part of this SmackDown roster that all of you, like maybe in WCW, you know in the back of your mind. You're a cruiserweight, and there's just something that they're not letting cruiserweight because it's not happening for anybody. Right? They're not. So it's I'm going to go out there and have a great match, but I know that no matter how far hard I push, it's going to be Hogan and Piper, you know, right. or whatever in the main event. 
So is it when you get to SmackDown, are you like, I have to push as hard as I can because there actually is opportunity for somebody like me to go to the top of the card? You know what? It wasn't. It wasn't even that for me. In my case, yeah, it was. It, it was always no matter how bad the political side of wrestling was, mm-hmm. backstage or in the office, it was when it's showtime. It's showtime, and there's no holding back. Right. You know, no matter how many injuries you have, that that was just the way I was brought up and taught. So, um, man, if if there was. There was times where it was just tape your ankle as as bad as sprained as, as it was and go out there and put on a good show. So that's putting political and everything else aside. Yeah. When that bell rang, it was balls off the wall, man, like you said. And that's the undeniable thing too, right? That what's in the ring is the part that there's no arguing. Like nope. there's politics, there's backstage heat, there's this, but like that whatever it is, 5, 10, 15 minutes in the ring is the part that that's what stands alone from everything. It's that glory, man, that you right. get it every night. You know when you step into that ring. Now you were you. I know that one of the main reasons that you like lucha so much is because you actually get to spend time with your family. Yeah. Um, how did you feel bringing your family into the show? Like, how did you feel making your son part of of the show? Well, he was he was a fan. You know, I, I brought him in. Uh, I actually talked to him about it the first time I went mm-hmm. as a fan. Uh, I wasn't even getting close to to signing a deal with them so i was like man you really got to see this show uh it's 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 everything you would want to watch he loves more of the high flying stuff mm-hmm. you know uh so when i brought him up and and uh sat down and watched like wow this thing's really cool yeah uh asked me if i was going to be a part of it I said, well we're talking about lucha underground yeah lucha yeah, underground yeah, yeah. I was like well we're, we're looking we're looking to see where it leads man yeah uh, we're, it, we're in negotiation and then, of course, a uh, um, couple months later, it happened. What about when he was younger on SmackDown? Uh, when you had him for, with the with the with the Eddie angle? That he, you know, he was so young that that uh, when I told him if he wanted to be a part of the storyline, yeah. he was like, "Yeah, he's he was okay with it." And then Eddie talked to him, and, and Eddie had been around the house for so many years and knew my family very well that he was so comfortable being right. around Eddie. But uh, I believe that Eddie brought this whole idea to the table and presented it. So um, I'm grateful for that because that was one hell of a storyline, man. I mean, and that's one of those things. And it probably only works with somebody that you trust as much as you trusted him because that's one of those things that, like, look, we're going to bring every personal thing. We're going to break every taboo. We're just going to do it. And those are the things when you're watching as a fan, like, I can't believe they're actually doing this. Like, the, 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 the custody on a pole match or whatever, yeah, the custody yeah. ladder match. I'm like, but it's real. Like, his family's right yeah, there. It's and right it's like, there, yeah. We have a um, um, lady from special services, right, that, <laughs> yeah. that was holding on to my son. Yeah. You know, um, we actually give my son, uh, <laughs> we give him shit for the stuff he said because uh, when he really found out that Eddie – wasn't his real or was his real dad yeah. he, he uh his little boy said is it true is it really true <laughs> so every time we see a man uh chavo when when he comes up to lucha underground and he sees him he uh he gives him shit about that and he laughs all about it man he gets he gets red but at the same time he remembers that and you know it, it was a special time for him not a lot of in my case not a lot of parents get to live moments like that with their kids. Right. You know, I was able to bring my son to work with me and share my work environment with him. And do something special. Like, that's a special part of your career. Yes. And he got paid. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he got paid really good money, too. Like, not till you're 18, though. That's going <laughs> yeah, to the college that's fund. Going that's aside. going Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about whether yeah. you're getting paid or not. 
You just have a good time. Yeah. So is there – everybody talks about the difference uh, between moving from WCW to WWE. Everybody that kind of lived through that. People don't really know it anymore because WCW is not around. But the people right. who who lived through that experience uh, talk about how kind of – I don't know if overwhelming is the word, but just hugely different things are run in WWE as opposed to the way they were in WCW. Uh, did you find that when you got there? Yes and no. Um, in WCW, I, I didn't do much of my negotiations. I uh, I try to stay away from from the office or the political side of it, and try to be consumed more with my wrestling. Right. And uh, so I, I wasn't really worried about the politics, man. But when I got to WWE and and uh, I sat down with Jr., I negotiated my contract and and everything started moving forward from that point. It's so like everything that they needed uh they were asking me for you uh-huh. know so but at, at the same time it was it was much more attention in WCW it wasn't ray uh we're getting ready to launch a shirt uh do you, what design do you like uh, here here you are right. uh, a color of mask or an action figure WWE I was part of all of that right you know ray these are the designs do you have any designs that you want to come up with in the future sure you know, I was I was doing most of my designs for WWE as well. I would give them ideas, or they would draw it out, and and at the end of the t- at the end of the day, I would pick out the right design that I would love. You know, so it's like a, a, it's good because you have a lot more control over what's going on. But at yes. the same time, you got a new stack of responsibilities. Exactly. You gotta... But 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 that that's part of the the responsibilities that I like, right? Because it has to deal with my character, right? Except for the stuff that goes on in the ring. That's right. completely different. So anything that's outside, which is merchandising and and uh, 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 things with that with that nature, uh-huh. I was good with with uh, making uh, choices for that. And what do you mean mm-hmm. with the with the well, in ring stuff? Well, in the ring in ring stuff, you know, when they have a group of writers, yes. and that's that's what this is what the story is going to be, then that's what it's going to be. Oh, got you. So you actually have yeah. more choice over t shirt design than what you're doing it, in the ring. I, yourself. I had more of a preference. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. gotcha. Not too worried about being the guy winning or losing or, or what the case might I be. I see, I see. So it's like this is the story, and you're like, okay, it's my job to go out there and yeah, just make I'm it good. work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You throw I've me, always been like that. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got, is it tough? So you go on, uh, you become the heavyweight champion of the world. Did you see that coming? Like, was that a goal of yours? No, I did not see that coming. You didn't, and I, I think uh, um, with Eddie's passing, yeah, I think the direction shifted my way. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, uh, Eddie made me champion. Now, did that make you feel any certain kind of way, knowing that, like, I would imagine that realistically speaking, that's exactly what Eddie would have wanted, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. Ex- and that's how you felt. Like this is this is if if Eddie had to go, Without this is what he would want his yeah. legacy to be. Yeah, you know, Chavo is back to being Chavo. I'm world champion, yeah. and there's actually attention being paid. Yeah. Um, how did uh, how did the locker room and how did uh, what was that like in that time that the, that that shift happened? Was everybody kind of cool with it and like, yeah, he's been doing this for a while? Or yeah, I I don't I don't think I want to say that I I've never had any beef with anyone in the locker room. I've always learned how to respect. Yeah. And uh, and because I like uh, being respected as well. So right. Um, I don't think there was any animosity or beef with anyone. I, I remember Chris was still around, and yeah. it was just, it was so hard because it was emotional. Mm-hmm. We knew it was happening because of Eddie, yeah. but he wasn't there, so 
so it was kind of a hard transition. Yeah, hard acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see that for sure. Yeah, and then and I, so I guess that puts even more weight on your shoulders, right? Because not only are you now the top guy in the company representing the company, but you want to do it how Eddie would have wanted yes. you to do it. So yes. it had to be a lot of pressure. Yes, a lot of pressure. And and as much as, I mean, Eddie and I, in a way, uh, you know, I come from a second generation family. Yeah. You know, a wrestler. So, so uh, um, I know how motivated and focused I have to be to to perform at a certain level. And Eddie would bring out the best in me. Yeah. You know, and and I think it worked uh, vice versa. You know. Um. But at the end of the day, when you don't have that person that that would have loved to have seen your success, yeah. it makes it so much harder, man. And and I know at the time, I think Chris and, and Chavo were, were affected very much by it. I would imagine. Yeah. I, would, I, I, at the, I don't want to be too dark, but right. I'll, I'll ask this while we're on the topic. Like, how do you psychologically stay in the game like I would imagine you have to have such a deep support system maybe it's with your family I don't know when it's either when it's what happens with Eddie or or Chris or like the terrible accident with with Pero like how do you get back into your headspace where you can just get back into the ring and get back to entertaining the people and enjoying what you're doing uh, I think for, first off is your your faith in God yeah but but second you just mentioned it you know your support system which is my wife and my kids, man, I, I don't think if my wife has been with me for 20 years, uh, we just had our 20th uh, uh, wedding anniversary. So you think about it and like she's she's been there from day she's one, seen it all from day one. Yeah. So and she's very supportive. She's actually here in New York right now at the hotel waiting for me to come back. So you think about all of, the, all of that. And, and uh, I tell myself, wow, that's that's. That's my shoulder to lean on right. every single time. And she supports me and backs me up at 100%. And if I'm wrong, she's going to tell me that I'm wrong. She is. She is. So so that, that my faith in God, my support system with my family, and then, of course, I, the fans. The fans keep me they keep pushing me to keep doing this right the fans like we we this is what we we need like because we're dealing with this too yeah. right yeah exactly. we need you to exactly. be to be that guy for us exactly and and like in in the case of of uh the accident with perro yeah the fans were like ray come on man we know what happened you you can't right you can't let this affect you yeah you know so that that just it boosts your morale man right. it makes when, you want to go when you know that the people who respect what you do are like right like this wasn't you like this is yeah. every like when the fans are all saying this is the business and this is what happens and the, but it's not you right that's what makes it easier to just kind of push through and everything it, it definitely it definitely gives you that that uh support within you yeah. to keep moving forward yeah you know and kind of just trying to forget the past and leave it in the past as much as as hard as it is, right? You know, but you you try to move forward. When you look at the future, like, do you look at guys like Puma, Ricochet, and the stuff he's doing, and the stuff that guys are doing now? That's obviously influenced by Young Rey Mysterio. But the things that guys are doing with their bodies, in terms of 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 flips and 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 top rope moves and stuff like that, is like, you know, like you and Psychosis and Hooventude and all you guys were blowing my mind. In the, in the 90s, you know what I mean? When I was watching, because I'm sitting here, I turn on Nitro, whatever. I've never seen anything like this before. Now, when I think I've seen everything, <laughs> I'm turning on and there's guys figuring out. Like, like I'm at the point now where I look at guys going, whether it's it's Neville or, or Puma or yeah. whoever it is, going, I don't understand 
how a person has that kind of control over their body. Like I don't, I don't like watching a move. It makes no sense to me. It would make a little bit more sense if they're diving into a pool, right? Or you're, That's. Or you're, yeah. I, I saw somebody I, I can't it was, some of the guys that I went to like a Ring of Honor show and I was there with my wife and I was like it's amazing watching him move because it's like he's in water <laughs> when he's in the air like just like yeah. everything kind of so flow man yeah. the flow is just perfect I'm, I'm amazed I'm yeah. really amazed I, I remember I was I forgot who I was telling this to but it was not too long ago I said back when when I was coming up and uh, we were trying to change the game I said it was a moonsault it was a front flip um, maybe it was even a a, um, a dive with a, a side flip and and uh, right. you know with control. Now everything is double. You d- double uh, front flip, <laughs> yeah. double moonsault, I double mean, leg drop. It's I went, crazy. I turned on the network the other day and I watched uh, when One Two Three Kid first showed up and yeah. he did that. T- and he's and Xbox been here a hundred times. To tell you how terrible <laughs> his moonsault was, but he does this terrible moonsault, and I was like. In 93, I was like, what did he just do? You know? And now I'm like, he looks like he's falling or something. That's crazy. Evolution of wrestling, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you, talk to, do, you, do you talk to the guys about how to, how to stay healthy? Like how to keep that style without – because, you know, it will – it's bad on the knees. It'll it's consume bad. you. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have, man. And uh, it, it's it, – I actually tell them, you know what? You're going to blow me off, but it's all right. I said, because at one point they told me to slow down. And I, with all respect, I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, the veterans would tell me to slow down. But no, I had to go find out for myself. Exactly. And look at me now. I'm slowing down. Okay, finally, at 41. I said, <laughs> and you're probably going to tell me, yeah, you're right. And you're going to blow me off too. And eventually you're going to find out. So right. I think it's more, they're going to learn the hard way. You have you know, to. Eventually. Have to. And I'll bet when you're a young guy. And veterans are telling you to slow down. You're like, somebody wants me to move exactly. at his pace. That ain't happening. Yeah. This is my time now. Yeah. This is my time. Yeah. And I tell them, trust me, man, I don't want to keep doing that much stuff. I said, I, the, the less I do, but impactive, I said, I'm good. Right. I just want to protect my knees and I want to make sure that I can still go enough to, to still entertain the fans. Now, I, I, I wonder, like, it's got to be difficult when you first make the transition over to American wrestling from Lucha to find opponents. Because Lucha is such like – everybody knows everything. So it's as much on you as it is on your opponent to be able to, to take all the moves properly. Right. I feel like that's what was going on when – when and I don't know. But I feel like that when Mystico first showed up in WWE and it didn't really work, I felt like it was because like, that to me was what was going on. This chemistry that existed in the ring wasn't existing in a WWE ring. It could be it could be a possibility. Uh, I, I always said that – that uh, his language barrier, not being able to understand English or speak it, right. was was definitely something that he needed to improve on. Right. Uh, but for example, when I came into WCW for the first time, yeah, Dean Malenko, right off the bat, was like Dean Malenko. Let me see some videos. I saw him like, oh my god, I'm gonna wrestle this guy. Okay. So you do all your homework that you so, need to do. To, uh, yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that was I was just so hooked, and I, okay, I got to make sure I, I know which way he moves and how he moves and left from right because uh, you know it, in the states it's it's a different side than than in Mexico, right? You know, so uh, is that attitude still prevalent in wrestling? Like, do young? Because I know in other businesses, like you find that uh, that the younger generation is. I don't feel like they're as hungry as I was coming in, and maybe that's just you looking down and 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 wanting this generation not to be as good as you, but. Do you feel like that mentality that you had where you're going out of your way, you're doing homework, you're figuring out, like it's my job 
to make sure I'm sealing the show with whoever they put me in there with. Like, do you think that that mentality still exists, or is it a little more rare? No, I I think it still exists it uh, uh, because I see that in a in a Prince Puma, right? Um, I see that in a in a Phoenix. I see mm-hmm. that in a, uh, like in a Pentagon. Uh, I see their their ambition, their enthusiasm to, to to perform at a very very high level. Yeah, you know, and I was like that growing up. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be the best on the show. Right. Um, but but working with Dean, you know. I learned. I had so many great teachers at that point. Uh, Dean Malenko, Jericho, and Jericho had already been to Mexico, but not right. Dean. You know, my 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 work with Dean was the way I started to learn was the more I got to work with him, the more I would pick his brain. So it would it was really helping me out. Right, and is that a time I would imagine too the cruiserweight division in that moment were like, look, we have to stick together because we want to be like special. Like nobody's going to give it to us, so let's all of us stick together and make this. Yeah, and it, and it was a, it was a group of guys, you know, the Chavo, uh, yeah. Dean. Uh, at the same time, uh, remember Jerry Jerry Lynn? Yeah, Jerry, yeah. Jerry the Lynn. mysterious Mister yeah. JL. <laughs> yeah, JL, <laughs> JL, myself, uh, uh, Jericho at the time. Uh, but it was it was a selective group that uh, you know we wanted to perform, and we knew we had more talent than what was happening in the main events. Right, but. Um, um, there was only a, a few guys that were fighting for that, and that was the Jerichos. You know, yeah. eventually he got tired. Yeah, he said, I'm out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for you, it was like, look, I'm just happy to be working. Like, yeah, I'm just was, happy to be stealing the show. Yeah, I'll do my matches. People, I'm getting appreciated. I'm good. Right. Well, yeah. In a way, and then at the same time, you know, Jericho had much more leverage. Uh, yeah, he had been there much bit longer than me. Sure, sure. So I respected his position, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I just. I'm here. I'm okay right now. I'm making money, and and I have a wife and a kid, so I'm going to make sure that, that this works out right now. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. Well, whatever right. happened did happen, and then I moved on. Right, yeah. right. And I got to believe, too, that when, like, uh, when when Eddie and Saturn and Chris, when the yeah. when the radicals come yeah. over, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, there it is. And Dean come over to WWE, you're like, there it is. Like that, there, There's a lot going on in WWE right now. It's kind of like that opened up the doors, right? First exactly. it was Jericho, and then yeah. it was Dean, Perry, like you said. I'm like, wow, okay. And then that's when the doubt really hit me. And, and uh, Because after all of those guys had already been there, mm-hmm. there's still some haters saying that, uh, Vince is all about the big guys, man. I don't think I don't think you might be able to get in there. Right. Man. And it Still. got in your head a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. was messing with me. Yeah. Until eventually that call came from JR. And it was like, yeah, and yeah they were like, wrong. They were all these yeah. years. They yeah. were wrong. Yeah. Um, and to be, to be, even though after after all of that, when that happened, at that time, I didn't even have a second to think, man, all them haters. I was just so happy. Like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to go, man. That's the right I'm, attitude, yeah, though. That's, man. That, that's a successful attitude. Yeah, it's like it if was, you start getting resent, if resentment is what's fueling you, it's gonna you're going to crash. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so for somebody who takes so much pride in their outfits, like you must have hated when WCW took the mask off you and you had to just wear camo. Yeah, I was trying to go. I was trying to find something new to use or wear. Um, the first thing that popped up was because we had that no limit going yeah, on. Yeah. It was like, all right, let's go with camo, right? You know. And then uh, I went to like some uh, overalls, but it was 
uh, like some latex material style, uh -huh. and I used I was putting on those horns, and <laughs> right, so it was right, just like, right. man, let's have some fun with this. If we're gonna do it, let's have some fun, and that's right. when we started the filthy animals. So that's what you did. You were like, well, if they're gonna take the mask off me, I got to figure out something to to stop me from going nuts. Which was a horrible idea, man. I wish I, that never happened. Right. Well, did yeah. you like that WWE was so committed to ignoring that that ever happened? Yes. Was that your idea or their idea? No, that was their idea. They were like, we're uh, putting the mask back on you, and no photos of you without the mask. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They, they love. I actually love that idea, but it was up to them. They said, when you're coming back, you come back with the mask. Yeah. Cool. And you were like, yeah. I'm down, yeah. Do whatever. Oh, yeah. Like before. And it, it hadn't been that long. You know, I probably wrestled for about a year, year and a couple months mm -hmm. without the mask. So uh, it was kind of fresh, but at the same time, they were ready to see a new Rey Mysterio. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Now, there's a lot of amazing talent in Lucha. So I don't think you're in a position where you're like, oh, if only I could work with this person or that person because you're getting to work with these people in Lucha. But is there anybody that you're keeping up with that you're aware of, whether it's NXT, WWE, or beyond, somebody who's not there yet, that you're like, ah, I want to see, I want to see what it'd be like to be in a ring with him. You know what? I, I've I've actually worked with them a little bit on the independent, uh -huh. maybe one or two shows, and uh, I just saw how how good he. Uh, he got, you know, um, Evan Bourne. Yeah. It's like, wow, what happened, yeah. man? Yeah. Like, when I saw him again, I was like, dude, you you should not be here. You should be over there. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but he's like, he's like your, he has your philosophy then, now. I was just talking to him over the weekend uh -huh. at the Ring of Honor show, and he's right. this guy that's like, I just think wrestling's amazing, and we can do amazing wrestling, and the shows can be great. And it's just like, he's just uh -huh. so motivated to put good yeah. shows on yeah that's and how right. that's yeah. a lot a lot a lot of uh more of the younger talent or the talent that was around for a while and now is kind of doing their own thing should be like that you know right just putting on good shows right that's right. what the fans like to see yeah and and you know it's interesting i think one of the strongest things about lucha is that it's different it's a yeah. different show and it's like i've been uh, you say that for a while right like how do you compete with wwe well you don't compete with them you just do something Different. Different. Exactly. And it's like, it's it's almost not even an alternative. It's just something else. That's. And for exactly. a long time, I was, the people go, well, what's different? Like, what, what do you, I go, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's not, I don't. And then yeah. Lucha yeah. pops up, mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's it. That's something different. I just mentioned it earlier. I said, we don't even want to compete with WWE. No. I said, we're just, we're just different. You know, right. we have something different to offer, and the fans like it. And it's interesting because uh, uh, it's like the live shows have this kind of, like, like L.A. has taken to them the way they take to PWG. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this sort of, like, yeah, go see, like, the, like it's this it's this live thing. It's not a TV right. taping. Right. It's like, yeah, no, you got to go to the Lucha. You got to go to the Lucha show when it's around. You got to go to the Lucha show. And then on TV, it's, like, something completely different. Yes. It's yes. amazing. Because you don't get to see the, the vignettes and the stuff they shoot backstage. Right. You know, you only get to see the right. matches. So when you see the show, the final product, the editing, it's like, Wow, I'm, I'm watching a mini movie here. This right. is very uh, whereas, cinematic. Whereas, like the live show is like this sort of super over the top house show feel in the yeah. sense that it's just it's matches that are it's great matches Adrenaline, one after the other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Fire, fire, and more fire. Do you yeah. do you like getting in front of a small crowd like that again? Like, is oh, there something man. to you know? I get chills just thinking about you do. it, man. Yeah, man. The first the first time I I appeared on on Lucha Underground. When Melissa Santos said, from San Diego, California, and I was just waiting in the tunnel, mm -hmm. uh, the fans were like, 
what we we know a guy from San Diego. And when she said <laughs> Rey Mysterio, wow, that place erupted, man. It yeah. was man, it was crazy. Right, it was crazy. And uh, um, I don't know for the hundred and fifty or two hundred fans that are in there, they made it seem like it was fifty thousand. Yeah, it was that crazy, man. And it was an ovation that very different from being in a big crowd. This was more intimate. It's more personal. Right. You know, you get to make eye contact with the guy at the very top, uh-huh. you know, or the guy at the very front row. Right. So it, it's it's definitely a different vibe to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can see how much they're, like, appreciating it. Yes. As you're doing it. They're, like, in it with you, and that's got to fuel you. And I think that you're probably the one name that from the announcement that Lucha Underground existed, they're like, oh, when's Ray going to get there? When's Ray going to get there? I had that question hit, you know what I mean? hit me up so many times, man. On uh, autograph signings, even just hanging out backstage and at Underground when I used to give uh, Conan a ride. Like, yeah. hey, uh, Ray, man, picture, when are you going to be a part of this Underground, man? <laughs> like, uh, not yet, man. <laughs> How, wh- what's wrestling like in Mexico now? Because I feel like, you know, it's been 20 years, really, since Lucha became part of the American mainstream. And I would credit as much as, you know, ECW got the ball rolling. Right. In terms of actually introducing it to the mainstream, I would say WCW is the one that got eyes on it for the first time. Um, And now that style has kind of been adopted throughout the world. Like you see it in England. You see it everywhere. And it's not just Mexican people or Hispanic people or whoever. Everybody is kind of learning how to do it. Uh, Is Lucha still – this thing that's separate from all that the way it was before, do you think? Triple uh, A mm-hmm. has uh, a certain way of combining uh, a little bit of, of everything, which yeah. is good because it stays fresh. It stays. Uh, it stays. Um, it keeps evolving, and mm-hmm. and you have the other major company, which is Arena Mexico CMLL. Mm-hmm. Which likes to stick to uh, their old school ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know how the crowds get in Arena Mexico, but I know AAA. This last year that I was doing a couple shows for them, they were selling out yeah. every single place that we were going to. So yeah. it's good to for them to to adapt styles from from different places. And it's I, I feel like that's happening more and more. I feel like you know New Japan is kind of having this resurgence, mm-hmm. and that's because even though they're it's always going to be the most heavy influence is Japanese. Right. They brought all this American style into it and almost storytelling and, 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 and stuff like that. And it, New Japan has become this thing that the world is looking at a little more closely. Right. And I think that probably is happening with AAA too. Exactly. That like it's still – Lucha is the heaviest influence, but it's bringing in a the little story. of this American style, a little – and it becomes – because wrestling is, is more now, I guess because – nothing's local anymore mm-hmm. right like in america right. mm-hmm. it stopped being territorial and it was throughout the country right. now because of the internet and social media wrestling styles can't really exist in just one part of the world no. it's got to be something that just gets opened up you're absolutely right uh, but it's a, it, it's actually a good thing for for the mexican audience to open up their minds and, and just get away from just lucha lucha constantly all the time yeah it's, Good now that that uh, they're giving them a little bit of storytelling, and uh, I think this has been happening for the last uh, five to six years. Right. You know, uh, the angles are starting to get bigger. You know, not just the main event, but everybody has a piece of the show, which right. is actually good. Right. Uh, is there anything like? Do you have any goals left? Like, is there anything left that you haven't? Because you've done so much, and I was thinking, like, you're the only guy I feel like that 
was able to have that run in WCW. And it was like you were a WCW lifer or mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the sense that you had a, yeah. a long enough run. And then you go to WWE and you were kind of a WWE lifer. Like you mm -hmm. went from organization to organization but without flaking out on anybody. You didn't go back and forth. Right. You had these really long, consistent runs, runs yeah. that you could even – I mean anybody would be happy to have – any one of those separately. Right. You right. know, whether it's the Mexico career, the WCW career, the WWE career. And now with Lucha, is there anything left that, like, you're like, ah, one day I want to do that? Or is this just, now it's just time to have fun? I think it's just time to, to have fun and enjoy uh, all my uh, my years of, of being on the grind and success and, and uh, being able to, to help Lucha Underground create a good status yeah not even a competition status but just a great status and have a good atmosphere that can stick around for for a very long time well, you know i don't want this to be just something temporary i want this to be around for other guys to eventually be a part of this is literally this this company literally picked up a lot of uh talent that was just wandering around yeah. out there really good talent yeah like the pumas and like the cages and like the willies you yeah. know that uh and sammy callahan's there now right yes yeah yeah so yeah so this is giving the opportunity to to a lot of wrestlers to eventually make their their uh their name for themselves you know on uh television right so and, and it's getting i mean it's only getting more popular and it's this it's this really nice kind of organic thing everybody tries to get the organic buzz going right but you can't just make it right like no. everybody's like it's like like corporate guys they're like let's make a viral video <laughs> you can't just make something go viral no but it's this kind of nice almost like like tumbleweed effect that it keeps building and building and building it gets bigger and bigger every time as it goes and yeah. it's amazing so so is that do you see yourself staying there for a long time even in a sort of uh, uh, mentor capacity. I I think so. I see. I definitely see myself staying here um, uh, as long as as they would want me to. Right. You know. Um, so, with that being said, uh, if there's anything I can do to to make this product even bigger and bigger every time, um, I'm hoping that I can that I can help. You know, promote this in any form or way. Um, WWE is already it's a, it's a monster. Of course. You know, it's a monster. How cool would it be for me to to be part of of underground, which I which I am, and to to make this somewhat of a monster as well on its own on its own end, right? You know? uh, yeah, and it's something. And I mean, look, you're in town for the upfronts. I mean, that's a that's a big that's deal. Big. Television mm -hmm. upfronts, like this is what all the big stars come in town yeah. for, and you're here representing Lucha on equal footing as all the other shows. That's a, that's a big deal. We, we got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So this is, this is great. I mean, like, like you said, this is only the beginning of something that is, is causing an effect, mm -hmm. which uh, eventually will turn out to something really big. I mean, all the materials are there. Is there, is, is there anybody that you want to see in Lucha that's not there yet? Um, is there anybody? Uh, Seidel definitely yeah. is, is a guy that I, like I said, I would love to see him there. I think he has... A lot, a lot of potential. He has that style too. Yeah, and I would love to see him mix up with with the Mexican uh, luchadores. Yes, yes, know, yes. Mix up that lucha libre style. Yeah, I think that's the only thing he hasn't really, really done. Right. He has his own personal style, which is fresh. But uh, which, I would by love the way, he's a perfect example of one of the guys 
who Lucha came in and he grew up watching Lucha and Lucha is obviously infused yeah. into his whole style of, of everything. Yeah, so he, he, he uh, definitely needs to be a part of this soon. Well, that's, every- that's an open invitation, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody check out Lucha. It's on El Rey. You can also get it on iTunes now. Yeah. So if you don't have cable, it's no you can't come up to Rey Mysterio and be like, oh, I wish I could watch yeah, it. I don't exactly. have cable. Like, no, man. <laughs> get the season pass on iTunes yeah. then. Like, yeah, like, one and two is on there already. Or right. One. Yeah, one and two. I two, think. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, two. Even though two is still on the air, they're updating the episodes as they yeah, go, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's big. Everybody, check it out. And uh, Ray Mysterio, man, I'm glad I finally got the chance to sit down with you. Man, thank you very much, man. That was a, that was a wonderful conversation for sure, man. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. So happy to have Ray Mysterio on the podcast, and big thanks to him. Uh, he's a guy that I've been waiting to interview for a long, long time. He's motivated a lot of people and changed a lot of people's styles. He's probably motivating some of you out there right now. I wouldn't be surprised if there are people listening to the show that want to go home. Maybe it's you. Maybe you want to go home. And you want to start practicing Rey Mysterio moves. Well, if you want to do that safely, you're going to need an amazing mattress. Lucky for you, because what are you going to do? Do it on the floor? You don't know how to hurricane run anybody. You got to do it on a mattress. And Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. Once you're done with the Rey Mysterio moves, you're also going to have to sleep on this thing. And Casper has taken all the hassle out of it. Casper has got obsessed engineers that all they want to do is make an amazing mattress at a shockingly fair price. There's one mattress. You're not going to have a guy following you around trying to upsell you on everything. A lot of these mattress stores, that's what they do. All the energy goes into trying to sell you on a mattress that you don't need. At Casper, all that energy went in to creating an amazing mattress. It's got a breathable design uh, that sleeps cool and helps to regulate your temperature through the night. Uh, It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Wait till you hear the price. You're probably thinking, well, Sam, mattresses can cost well over 1500 bucks. That's true. But Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin-size mattress, 750 for a full, 850 for a queen, and get this. For $950, you can get a king-size mattress, and it's all completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. For 100 nights, you can try this thing out if you don't love it. And you could do 100 moonsaults in that time. If you don't love it, pick it up. They refund everything. Uh, uh, Casper gets it. Okay, Time Magazine has named Casper one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Okay, the sleep surface is award-winning. Free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. There's no hidden nonsense. Uh, you can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund everything. And get this, it's made in America. As if those prices weren't good enough, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com Roberts and using... Roberts, of course, terms and conditions apply. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase right now by visiting casper.com slash Roberts, casper.com slash Roberts. 
and Rey Mysterio uh, was so cool because uh, being as candid as he was, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And, I mean, I found Ray to be candid, uh, uh, insightful, you know, just everything. Everything you want out of an interview, we got out of Rey Mysterio Jr. And he is that just, he is just the right guy that Lucha Underground needs right now. You know, Lucha, wrestling is in a weird spot right now, right, because of WWE's stronghold on everything. And everybody says, especially when they're criticizing organizations like TNA, everybody says the only way to survive outside of WWE is to do something different. And then they go, well, what do you mean do something different? And you go, I don't know, just something different. Well, Lucha's figured it out. Lucha Underground is something different. Um, and and it works. You know, it, it's, it's, it, the ratings are going up. It's got such a major, major buzz. I've been watching it on iTunes now because they have the, the, the season passes or whatever. And Rey Mysterio adds uh, a certain level of legitimacy, legitimacy and credibility to the thing that just uh, is irreplaceable. You know, as if it didn't already have a certain amount of credibility and legitimacy. To now have Rey Mysterio added to that group is just, I mean, it's perfect for Lucha Underground. And I think uh, to watch organizations like Lucha succeed is exactly where wrestling needs to be. You know, watching any wrestling organization succeed right now is just good for business. I think fans are hungry for competition. I, that's why I think the brand split is actually going to work this time. I think we're actually at a place where a Raw and a SmackDown can exist independently. And part of that is because of the network. It's going to make the pay-per-view situation a lot easier. And uh, part of it is because people are hungry for competition. When the brand split originally happened, it happened uh, in such a way where WCW was still kind of lingering. Like It wasn't that far gone. It had only been a couple of years since WCW had been wiped out. So we, as wrestling fans, weren't really used to this idea of there being no competition. Now, now there really is only one major product. And it's been that way for over a decade. So people are hungry for more. Uh, and and maybe we'll talk more about that in the, in the state of wrestling this week. Because uh, I also want to talk about what Cody Rhodes is doing. Uh, it's just cool to see Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes announced... Uh, well, he made his first announcement as to what his one of his first matches would be. I'm assuming it'll be his first match, but I don't know for sure. Uh, it's not going to be till August, and I have some theories about that. But we'll get to that in the state of wrestling. There's so much to look forward to in wrestling. You know, I, I think Money in the Bank is going to be great. Um, with everything, the fact that we're looking at uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, a Money in the Bank match, and possibly a John Cena AJ match. I mean. The, I can't believe how much there is to do right now. I don't remember a summer being this good, really, since the summer of punk, and that kind of fell apart. We'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a promising beginning to a summer. It's not just wrestling we have to look forward to, though. You know what? Father's Day is coming up, too. And Father's Days are very, very difficult. Uh, uh, you got to go to harrys.com if you want help. Uh, Harry's, it, it's got, they got a ton of stuff. First of all, uh, Harry's, uh, is, harrys.com is a good place, not only if you just want good quality shaving stuff, shaving creams, razor blades, the whole deal, but now they've got this set up 
where they've got an amazing gift for Father's Day. It's a hairy shaving set. It makes the perfect Father's Day gift. It looks cool, it feels special, and it's something that dads are actually going to use. We all know dads are not easy to shop for. My dad isn't. The one thing he does is shave. But guess what? As much as you don't want to get him another tie or another pair of socks he's never going to wear, you also don't want to get him something that's just practical so it doesn't feel special enough to be a gift. Last year, I got my dad a whole bunch of toilet paper because I said to myself, oh, he always uses toilet paper. And he was like, Sam, this is groceries. You went grocery shopping for me. That's not a gift. I said, oh. Then I went to harrys.com. Thankfully, they had me covered. While supplies last, Harry's is offering a special limited edition set for Father's Day. You got to get one for dad, but you can get one for yourself too. I ordered one for my dad. I hope he's not listening. I think he's going to love it. It comes in a beautiful box that you don't even need to wrap. Uh, uh, the weighted, wait till you hear what's in this set. I love it. I love it. It's perfect. It's got a, a, a matte black razor handle, a chrome razor stand, Harry's moisturizing foaming shave gel, three, one, two, three of Harry's handcrafted blade cartridges, and a travel cover. And it's all for, and again, don't tell your dad, but it's all for 40 bucks, okay? He's going to think you paid 100 for it. Plus, it comes in a sleek, giftable box with the option to add custom engraving and a personalized card. It's amazing. Harry's also offers shaving sets at different price points starting at only $15. So if you just need a shaving set, get one for yourself. If you need a gift for dad, they got you covered there too. It's a great shave at a fair price. Close, comfortable shave. Five German crafted blades, a flex hinge and lubricating strip, quality guaranteed, full refund if you're not happy. It's only two bucks a blade uh, or less. That's half the price of the leading brand. Very, very easy to order. I told you I've been to the website. It's really not tough. Order online to avoid the hassle of going to the store to pick up a gift. you got to order now to make sure it gets there on time. Uh, go to harrys.com right now and redeem uh, a special offer for fans of this show. Wait till you hear this. Harrys is going to give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code ROBERTS. Don't wait. Free shipping for Father's Day ends on Friday, June 3rd, so act now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter code ROBERTS, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, at checkout to get $5 off. Get Dad something that he'll actually use this Father's Day. Harrys.com, promo code ROBERTS. Now, now that we have a comfortable mattress, now that we're all shaved up, what do you say? We figure out what's going on in the world of wrestling. Let's get into it. It's State of Wrestling time. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. All right, guys. State of Wrestling time. Let's. That was not for you, Lila. State of Wrestling time. Uh, so much to get into. You're going to be spending a lot of money on wrestling. Let me get this out of the way. We love our sponsors here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. They're the ones to help keep us on the air. And I appreciate if you show them the kind of love that I feel for them and that you show for me. Uh, You're going to need money. There's going to be a lot of wrestling happening uh, over the next few months. It's going to be a big wrestling summer. You're going to need money for indie shows. You're going to need money for merch. You're going to need money for signings. How are you going to get all that money? Everybody, even if you're going to stay in your home all summer, 
Everybody has those times when we need a little extra money. I've got an, a very, very easy way that you can get it. Drive with Uber. Uber is a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. So as a driver, it's going to help you make extra money and you're going to be able to drive your own car. It's totally flexible. You don't have to quit your day job to make more money because Uber, because Uber, excuse me, is going to let you make extra money on your schedule. Whenever you need to make extra money, just turn on the app and drive. A few hours here, a few hours there. It all adds up very, very quickly. It's easy to get started. First, go to drivewithuber.com. Sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone as long as you're not driving now. Uh, Second, answer a few basic questions about you and your car. That's it. Get approved after that. Third, start driving. I told you. Very, very easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to Drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. And man, oh man, so much going on. I'm, I'm, thank you all, by the way, for downloading the bonus podcast that I put out that had my initial thoughts on everything going on with the draft. I think the draft is big. Big, big, big for the world of pro wrestling, uh, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to work. I still, you know, I've been thinking about it for a week. I don't think that you can do it without having two world champions as effectively. I think you need a world champion on each show. <coughs> Excuse me. I think you need to keep the shows as separated as humanly possible. Um, I think here's what I think. I think you need to have, you know, I guess the big four pay per views. Uh, should be joined up, but you probably need to extend that to five, right? You definitely need to, unless you want to trade out Survivor Series as one of the big four. If you finally want to do that and you want to give Survivor Series to one of the two brands, then I'm fine with that. But uh, I think Money in the Bank has got to be a pay-per-view that is jointly branded. Maybe, Maybe you bring back bragging rights too. I don't know. Then you're up to six joint pay-per-views. That might make more sense if you do the big four plus money in the bank and then bring back bragging rights. Now you've got an opportunity every other month or so to combine your rosters. That might be something that you want to do if you want to just you know get everybody back on board. But now that you've got the roster split on the network, you don't need to worry about pay-per-views the way you did before. You know, you, There is no risk of people not buying pay-per-views. All you're doing is giving people more value. You know, if I think that what they can do is set up a situation where they're not doing 12 pay-per-views a year. They're doing whatever it is, you know, the twice as many. I think every month that you don't have a joint branded pay-per-view, you throw on a pay-per-view for each brand. Why not? You know, I mean, you're already doing however many live network specials a year. Instead of that, if you just add more pay-per-views, um, I think that you're in a situation where that's easy to do. Add more pay-per-views because it's the network. You don't have to get people to buy each one. Maybe even make some of the maybe make the you can you can figure out a way to make some of the brand exclusive pay-per-views available only on the network and not on pay-per-view at all. Make it extra value for the network. There's a lot you can do. Um, and the first name that popped into my head when this brand split happened was Cody Rhodes. And wondering if he had made a mistake, you know, it seems like the brand split is going to offer a lot of new opportunity for a lot of people. But Cody Rhodes seems very happy 
with the road that uh, he chose. He posted earlier this week, he posted a list of people, presumably, that he wants to wrestle. Uh, a lot of them have been on the podcast before. The Young Bucks, Pat Buck, Chris Hero, Dalton Castle, Adam Cole, all have been on the podcast before, as well as people I want to have on. Roderick Strong, Moose, Miracle Mike Bennett, Trevor Lee, tons of people. It, it was cool to see him list out this list because it answers the question, well, what's he going to do next? Now, this does. this is sort of like... I think that Cody is going to have an amazing, like, two years. And then we'll reassess after that, and I think that's fine. But I think I, the list that he put out, that's, like, everything he wants to do. I think he's going to spend the next two years or so living wrestling. Actually living pro wrestling like he originally wanted to do. I mean, this is a guy who's only known WWE. Uh, and then once the two years is up... Maybe he'll end up in, back in WWE. Maybe he'll be somewhere else. I mean, the whole wrestling world, who knows where we'll be in two years. So I think that that becomes a bit of a moot point. And I'm very excited that this summer, August 27th, in New York, Cody is already going to be checking off the first name on his list because on August 27th at, uh, what is it, New England Wrestling is putting on a show where it's Kurt Angle versus Cody Rhodes, which is amazing. That's one of these dream matches, and I'm super happy that Cody Rhodes is going to be able to travel the world and have dream matches, uh, and I think that's a good position for him to be in. Uh, I'm, 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 I wonder what happens at the end of this run, though. What happens after two years? Maybe he leaves wrestling for good. Maybe he decides now he's done it all. He's had his time in WWE. He's gotten to work with legends, he's done, and now he's gotten to do all the indie stuff he wanted to do. He'll go to Japan. Once that's done, maybe he's done. Maybe he's done wrestling for good, which is a shame because he's amazing and he's he's committed. He's more committed than uh, almost anybody that is wrestling right now. There's a handful of guys that are just super, super committed. I think Kevin Owens is super committed. Uh, Seth Rollins is super committed. But especially in terms of guys that didn't grow up on the indies, to want, to see the level of commitment that Cody Rhodes has for everything he does is uh, it's astounding. So I'm looking forward to seeing everything that happens. I just wonder what it's one of those what could have been. I think that's the way it's going to be. You wonder what could have been had he ended up on SmackDown. Maybe they'll bring on a writer who would have wanted the return of Cody Rhodes, who would have wanted to get rid of Stardust. Maybe he would have floundered whatever brand he was on. Maybe he did the right thing anyway. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, best of luck, and I'm very, very excited to see Cody Rhodes and Kurt Angle go one-on-one. I would say the wrestling match that was certainly the most talked about match this week, as well as one of the most talked about matches of the year so far, maybe not the most, but one of the most for sure, was the Will Ospreay-Ricochet match that New Japan put on. And who knew? Who on earth knew that Vader of all people, had the level of clout where if he criticized something, people would respond this much. Now, Vader, and I think a couple of other people who are a little more old-school-minded, said that the Ricochet-Will Ospreay match was really just a a rehearsed gymnastics show because it was so flippy, for lack of a better term, and uh, fast-paced, and it really did 
look like an action movie. I mean, it was amazing to watch. But here's the difference. Action movies are filmed over the course of many hours with uh, many breaks taken, many different camera angles set up. You know, these are well-orchestrated things. To watch this happen as it did live over the course of 20 minutes in front of an audience in a wrestling ring, to me was, was simply amazing. At no point watching did I think to myself, like, oh, this is killing the business. This is not what wrestling is supposed to look like. Never. Never did I think that. If you haven't seen the match uh, earlier this week, I, depending on when you're listening to this, I tweeted a link to the video. I think it's also on the stash. You can find it on YouTube. Um, but it is a match that you guys should watch just because so many people are talking about it. Um, I think that uh, I don't understand this level. And it's a lot of what we were talking about with Rey Mysterio, that wrestling styles, not only wrestling has evolved, in a big way. And there's a lot of ways to do wrestling, right? Like you remember we were, when Drew Gulak was on the podcast and I went to a, a pro wrestling gorilla show and saw Thatcher versus Gulak. And Thatcher versus Gulak was a pretty traditional, it, <laughs> it's what the uh, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin match could have been on Raw. It, it, was, a, it was a traditional wrestling catch-as-catch-can, holds, collegiate styled match you know no flips just kicks or whatever it was that Daniel Bryan used I don't remember what he said but no 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 that's uh 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 the the revival no flips just uh hits I don't know uh but it was a totally different style existing on the same show where there was a lot of flippy stuff happening and wrestling right now is at a place where Stories aren't just told one way. I mean, Vader came to the ring with a Mastodon mask that blew smoke out of the nose. That's not like, you couldn't, that wouldn't be looked at nowadays as intimidating. It just wouldn't. So, but back then it was because people were used to stories being told in a different way, but we've seen that now. So how do we evolve? How do we change? Well, Maybe you don't have to be an ex-football player or a bouncer to be a pro wrestler. You know, you got a guy who looks like Ricochet or a guy who looks like Will Ospreay, right? And it's up to them to say, I want to be a wrestler, but I don't look like Vader. I don't look like the Earthquake. I don't look like Hulk Hogan. I don't look like Ultimate Warrior. I'm not that big. So how do I get people to pay money to see me in a ring, wrestling. And they go, well, what if I just wrestle differently? You know, I can't, I can't, I'm not bigger than they are. There are guys in the audience that are bigger than, than these guys. But that's not what wrestling's about. Because these guys can go in the ring and do something that nobody else can do. That's what wrestling is about. Putting on a show that you would pay money to see. And it is wrestling. And by the way, I thought that, that, that there was, could there have been more selling involved? Could it have been slowed down a little bit? Sure. It was not a WWE style match. Probably because it wasn't in WWE. And could they do that match night in, night out? No. You know, the more traditional style of wrestling is, I think, 
done in that way because it's meant to be done night after night after night after night. And you can't wrestle like Ricochet and Osprey did night after night after night after night. You will hurt yourself. You will be dead at some point. But if you're in New Japan, you want to put on this special match, why not? It might make their lives a little more difficult because now the bar has been raised. But it was the same thing happening with, uh, with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys. And by the way, when that was happening, people were like, oh, this isn't wrestling. But we look back on it now and there's documentaries about it. We look back on it now as if it was the start of something enormous. You know, this is anybody that doesn't view Osprey and Ricochet as this sort of amazing wrestling match are the guys that are listening to the same music they listened to in high school. You know, the guys that think that 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 pop culture did not improve after they turned 18. That for some reason, when they were a teenager, everything that was cool for young people was at an all-time high. And nothing has been the same ever since. You're right, nothing has been the same ever since. Because it's not maybe it's not for you anymore. Or maybe because it got better. Or maybe because you don't have, uh, your mind is not kind of moving with it anymore. It's not changing with it. You know, when we're young, our minds are open to things changing. And you see, and, and new things, and different, and cool. As you get older, that can go away. It has gone away for other people. And I would say that anybody who criticized that, to, to, a, to a big degree, that would be the major problem. That they're not evolving with what is known as wrestling. And I don't think anybody would argue that what Ricochet and Will Ospreay did should be done in every match on every episode of Raw. But that's what makes wrestling special. That's what makes it different where you go. It's not supposed to look the same everywhere you go. That's why you turn on New Japan. If they were just going to do a WWE-style match... We just watched in WWE. And by the way, WWE is adapting their style more and more towards what's going on in, in Japan and what's going on with guys like Ricochet. That is coming into the company more and more than their style is coming out. And yes, the WWE style has traveled outside. And yes, New Japan has been Americanized in the past several years. And it is a good thing because the WWE style is not a bad style. It's just a different style of wrestling. You know, you got a match between Will Ospreay and Ricochet that made the whole world talk. I mean, you had it posted on sports blogs, on blog blogs. You know what I mean? It wasn't just wrestling people talking about this match. It was people who haven't watched wrestling in years going, look at this. These two guys that I never heard of basically made an action movie in the ring. And at the end of the day, it's cool. You know what, you know, wrestling, I guess, to an extent, is about a suspension of disbelief. Because even though we all know what we're watching, we have to get lost in it in order to fully enjoy it. And you go, well, you know, if you're doing stuff like that, how do you get lost in it? Well, I'll tell you how you get lost in it. You get lost in it because you're watching these two guys and you're going, how the hell do they make their bodies do that? How on earth is that possible? Whereas back in the day, a guy like Vader or whoever it was, I'm not trying to pick on Vader, 
But a guy like Vader would come to the ring and you'd look at him and he'd just be this amazing physical specimen. And the fact that he could do a Vader salt was even cooler, right? But by the way, there was a time when a guy like Vader, it'd be sacrilege to have him go to the top rope because he's supposed to be an an immovable object. But what happened? You adapted, you grew, you changed, and you created something even cooler. Um, And that's what I think the the Will Ospreay-Ricochet match is all about. Uh, Wrestlers were always described as real-life superheroes. And, you know... There was a time when real life, when superheroes in the movies moved a lot slower than they do now. Go see, uh, go see Iron Man versus versus Captain America, and you watch those fight scenes. Then go back to uh, Michael Keaton doing Batman, and uh, 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 what's his name, Christopher Reeve uh, doing Superman, and you watch those fight scenes. Guess what? It's changed. There's a different definition of what a real-life superhero has to look like. And maybe the slower-paced wrestling that we're used to looks more like superhero movies used to look like, but the match that I saw over the weekend looks like superhero movies look like today. That's what a real-life superhero looks like. And to watch wrestling evolve is only a positive thing. So, I mean, I, I... was it a was it traditional? No, no, it was not. But it's not supposed to be. Why are we so locked into traditional wrestling? Is insane. Wrestling is crazy. It's ridiculous. Why would we be traditionalists about it? It should be pushed about more and more bizarre, more and more crazy, more and more outlandish. That's what it should be, and that's that's it should push the envelope on every level. You know, just because we can't curse anymore. Just because there's no blood on TV anymore doesn't mean we don't push the envelope. We can push the envelope in different ways. Pushing the envelope doesn't mean doing what we used to do to push the envelope. Pushing the envelope means how do we push the envelope in 2016? How do we do things that haven't been done before? And that is exactly what Will Ospreay Ricochet was. Um, And speaking of of telling stories the way stories aren't told, uh, haven't been told before, I don't think what's going on between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns is as bad as uh, some people do. I just read on Twitter today uh, somebody hoping, I can't remember who it was, otherwise I would give them credit, somebody that I know, obviously, um, somebody hoping that there's a, 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 a swerve, a double turn that happens at, at Money in the Bank. I don't. I don't think you need it. You know, I think that we've reached this weird, where whereas... In 1996-1997, we came to terms with the fact that heel is the new babyface, right? That that anti-hero is the new hero. You had spent years building up guys like uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, then Ultimate Warrior. Then you moved into Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels when they were like, you know, white meat baby face. Bret Hart, you know, just the, 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 the working man, nose-to-the-grind hero. Shawn Michaels, the boyhood dream. Everything's a feel-good story. Just a good guy is a good guy is a good guy. And what happens? That The same way of telling stories, the same way, the same way of wrestling matches doesn't hold up. The same way of telling stories doesn't hold up. 
And now we're interested in what the anti-hero is going to do. Now we want to watch a guy beat up his boss, and he's the good guy. Now we want to watch a guy stick it to tradition and come out guns blazing. You know, look at the NWO. We want to watch an organization destroy the organization that we've been watching because it's cool. And wrestling has evolved even further, right? So what's happened to wrestling and why it's got such a confused identity, I feel like right now, is that the kids were invited back. The kids that were watching during the Hulk Hogan era were invited back to WWE. They went away during the Attitude Era because it was not appropriate for them, you know. But they were invited back to wrestling. Unfortunately for WWE, or fortunately, I don't know how you how you pan it out, but the older people that were that got accustomed to watching during the Attitude Era, they didn't all leave. Some of them left, but not all of them. So now you're stuck with this product that is in between these two audiences. The older the older audience is still there, and the younger audience is coming in. And when Roman Reigns comes to the ring, listen, uh, go back. Hopefully you DVR'd Raw this week. Go back and watch Roman Reigns' entrance music hit. The natural reaction, and the same thing happened at WrestleMania, by the way. The natural reaction, the, fir- the, the, sp- the first note, duh-duh, that first moment, it's a cheer. Because it's a natural reaction. And it's a high-pitched cheer. And that's why, and I apologize. I got a couple of tweets from women that didn't like that I said, you know, Roman Reigns was for women and children. But in a, in a, in a more general sense, I know plenty of women that don't like Roman Reigns. And I know men that do. I like Roman Reigns. I cheered for him at the pay-per-view. Seth Rollins, you know, I love. But, but I like Roman Reigns. I like watching him. I'll cheer for Roman Reigns, but I cheer for the good guys. It's kind of what I do. Um... But it's a high pitch. It's, it's, it's kids and women, and they instantly have a guttural reaction that's real, and they cheer for Roman Reigns. Well, a split second later, the louder, bassy men boo Roman Reigns. And then it's in reverse when Seth Rollins comes out. Now, Seth Rollins is a magnificent performer. So Seth Rollins is able to turn the crowd a little better than Roman Reigns is. Roman Reigns cannot win over those guys that are booing him. They, he, did, uh, he did for two days. He did at the, at, the, at the pay-per-view when he first took out Triple H, and he did in Philly a few months ago when he, when he won the world title. He had the guys back then. But by the way, it's a lot harder to be a good guy, I think, than it is to be a bad guy. So Seth has the ability to get the crowd as much as they want to cheer him. He has the ability to get the crowd to boo him. Roman Reigns cannot win over that other half of the crowd right now. And uh, long-term, I just don't, I don't think he's going to. Um, But I think that that's just the reality we live in. I think that storytelling is changing. And WWE is presenting a product. Maybe they don't have the guy right now that the whole arena is going to cheer you know and maybe they haven't since stone cold steve austin and the rock you know they didn't have that with john cena it still worked maybe they don't have the guy and by the way wrestling is different now too when you're not going to have stone cold steve austin guest host the today show 
You know, that's very important to WWE. I'll talk about the brand split again in a minute because there's a point with that too. Because it's very obvious to me why the brand split was not announced on WWE's TV. But I think that storytelling is just changing. And that maybe the roles of good guys and bad guys are not exactly what they once were. Is everybody going to boo AJ Styles? No. No, they're not. Same people that cheer Seth Rollins are probably going to cheer AJ Styles. He'll get a little bit more booze because he's doing traditional bad guy stuff. But so will Seth Rollins. But when the music hits, he'll get cheered. And when the music hits, AJ will get cheered. AJ will do things in the match to get booed, and so will Seth Rollins. You know, is John Cena going to get cheered throughout the building? No. No, he's not. But WWE, I think, has decided to go in a direction where they need good guys that will appeal to women, to children, to mainstream media. They need squeaky clean cheese ball that they can they can send out to the mainstream, no edge. I don't mean Adam Copeland. I mean, they're not edgy people. They don't have an edge about them. And they're going to be able to put across this corporate image that WWE wants. WWE is, is, is corporate now. They weren't before. Even when they were a publicly traded company, they still were not as corporate as they are now. They've become a corporation. And they want to be viewed as a corporate entity. And in order to be viewed as a corporate entity, they need performers that are going to be able to put that across. And fans that are in my age bracket, you know, male fans, some females, but male fans that are, you know, 18 to 50, they're not going to cheer for the, for the, for the corporate shills. They're not going to cheer for the, for the face of the company. They're going to cheer for the wrestlers. And the wrestlers are AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and guys like that. But guess what? We need kids cheering for guys like Roman Reigns and John Cena because Roman Reigns and John Cena are the guys that can go on TV. John Cena, the reason why I tweeted out that I liked his promo so much last night was because John Cena took a stand against the new era. He said, if you want the future to come, Shane McMahon, right, the reason that he's such a getting so many cheers is because he comes out and all he's doing is talking about how great the new era is. He's all about the new era. John Cena comes out and says, if you want there to be a new era, you're going to have to put me out of business. He says, oh, the future's on the way. He's not embracing the future. And that is a bad guy thing to do, to not embrace the future. Uh, WWE is setting up a scenario where traditional bad guys are going to have an audience and traditional good guys are also going to have an audience. I just, I don't think this good guy versus bad guy thing, even though they said it was going away during the Attitude Era, it didn't. Attitude Era was all about shades of gray, but Stone Cold was a good guy. Vince McMahon was a bad guy. The Rock was a good guy. Triple H was a bad guy. You know, uh, 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 Triple H was a bad guy. Mankind was a good guy. Cactus Jack was a good guy. You had these things. Kane was a bad guy. Undertaker was a good guy. Bret Hart, you know, Shawn Michaels was a good guy and Bret Hart was a bad guy. 
it was clear. One guy you booed, one guy you cheer. We don't tell those stories anymore, I don't think. And whether it's for the better or for the worse, it is what it is. I think WWE has decided to veer away from that type of storytelling. And part of it is self-preservation. I think part of it is so that WWE can put guys that they want. It's almost like a, 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 a self-preservation mechanism. It's like making fun of yourself before somebody else can make fun of you. You know, they're saying, well, it doesn't matter if you make fun of me because I already made fun of myself. But really, you would have liked it if they just didn't make fun of you at all. It's what you have to do to survive. I think WWE wants the guys that they want to be the faces of the company because of the corporate environment that WWE exists within. So in order to get that done, what are they doing? They're going to have their guys, and their guys are going to have an audience, and they're going to have the guys that are working against their guys, the quote-unquote bad guys, who are also going to have an audience. I think that this era, the new era, the era that we live in right now, the idea of good guy versus bad guy, heel versus baby face is over. You know, uh, Chris Jericho and I have spoken before, before he blocked me on Twitter. Chris Jericho and I had spoken about when he was a bad guy and uh, his, his, his initial, his, his previous bad guy run. And he said he didn't want any t-shirts. He wouldn't sign any autographs, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that exists anymore. And as a matter of fact, it partly, Jericho is a great heel. But the stupid idiot thing, like it's getting over because it's funny because it's almost like a throwback. People get it too much. The wrestling audience is too aware of wrestling to use those bad guy, good guy tricks anymore. They don't exist. And so to come out and say there should, there's not going to be a turn. There's not going to be a – Roman Reigns is not turning quote-unquote heel. He's going to be the face of the company. And Seth Rollins is not turning quote-unquote face. He's too good doing what he's doing. Those guys aren't turning, I promise. I, it's the way I see it anyway. I, I see no possibility that those guys will turn. And you could tell me, yeah, but when you say the same thing about AJ, and I would tell you absolutely not. I would not have said the same thing about AJ Styles. And if you go back and listen to any of the podcasts or you go back and look at my YouTube videos, I thought AJ Styles was going to turn heel. I just didn't think it was going to happen this soon. I thought AJ Styles was going to turn heel when Finn Balor came in. So you could have AJ in the club versus Finn Balor. Because in my mind, there will not be a Balor club and there will not be Bulletproof. By the way, Bulletproof is just a t-shirt slogan. It's not the name of anything. He just wrote Bulletproof on his t-shirt because it's called the Bullet Club and he wants to be one better because now he's Finn Balor. It's not an organization. In my mind, and I could be wrong, I don't think there will be a Balor Club. I don't think there will be a Bulletproof. I think the club will feud with Finn Balor. Finn Balor is one of those face-of-the-company guys. To me, I think. Will, and I could change my opinion. He's not even on the main roster yet. So a lot could change. But Finn Balor is a guy. He's got too much star power on his own. You know, it, way too much star power on his own. Watch him in NXT. I mean, he runs those shows. I don't see him with an entourage. 
I see him alongside John Cena and Roman Reigns. Top guy level. I think he will end up on SmackDown, as will AJ Styles. I think Roman Reigns and John Cena, as much as people are saying they won't, I would put them both on Raw. I think Raw needs that for three hours. I believe uh, AJ, after this, you know, maybe he'll wrestle John Cena at SummerSlam. Maybe he won't. I think the reason they're doing it now is because I think AJ is going to SmackDown. And I think AJ will be a heel on SmackDown. You know, as much... And by the way, now I say good guy, bad guy, they mean different things. Heel, babyface, they mean different things. But AJ will take on that bad guy role like Seth Rollins has on SmackDown, the role that he has now. And I think he'll feud with Finn Balor, who will be possibly the top good guy on SmackDown. But I think... We need to stop thinking so linearly about good guy versus bad guy. No turn is happening with Roman Reigns. He's not going to be that guy that we want him to be. He's gotten closer to it. He's gotten way closer to it. He doesn't slap the people's hands when he comes out. He doesn't doesn't come out through the crowd anymore. But we're not going to get the die. People want the die, Rocky, die promo from Roman Reigns. And it's not going to happen, I don't think. I don't think we'll ever get that moment from Roman Reigns. And I think it's just something for us all to move on from and realize, wait a minute. Storytelling is different now. We're all waiting for that thing because we know how the story is told. But what if it's not told that way? What if it's told in a different way? And I think that's what's going on now. Uh, I was uh, I, I love the idea of John Cena and AJ Styles feuding. Um, I think it you know it works on so many different levels from the WWE TNA thing to the outsider insider thing to the uh, so many different ways. Uh, like I said, my only shock was that it happened so quickly. I would have thought that it would have played out a little longer, but my guess is the reason that it happened so quickly is because they want this to be John Cena's feud leading up to the draft, and I think they'll get drafted on two different shows. Now, if SummerSlam is a joint pay-per-view, you could still have an AJ Styles-John Cena match at SummerSlam if it's a co-branded pay-per-view, and that could be the ultimate thing. You know, but I still would separate them as I would separate, and I said it in the video and I said it on the bonus podcast, I would separate Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn 100% because... Not because we're done with that feud. We haven't even started with that feud. But I think we give him a taste, and then we pull it away. A year from now, we can revisit it or whatever. Give him a taste, pull it away. That's why I think they should be separated. Um, The reason, by the way, this all goes back. I mean, the corporate structure has everything to do with it. The reason that uh, WWE announced the brand split on Twitter and through Variety and not on one of their shows was obviously because they want the mainstream press. They want, uh, 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 they they want this. They want variety making this announcement. They want this to be an industry announcement, not a pro wrestling industry announcement, an entertainment industry announcement. That's why it wasn't made on one of the shows, for sure. I'm sure. You know, I, nobody's told me anything, but that's what I believe to be the case. That was kind of a given to me when I saw that. Um, Speaking of Cena, by the way, I was disappointed. I liked the PBR parody shirts. But then again, the PB, the, here's, it goes right back to WWE being a corporate environment. WWE is not worried about, uh, my, here's my opinion. WWE is not worried about Paps Blue Ribbon suing them. 
because they're protected under parity laws. If it went to court, they would say this is a John Cena parody of PBR beer. So if you don't know, they came out with a John Cena t-shirt. It was obviously a, a takeoff of Pabst Blue Ribbon, which is a beer that John Cena likes. He's worn the t-shirts before. Pabst Blue Ribbon tweeted saying, we see you and you'll be hearing from our lawyers. Get it? You can't see me. WWE completely redesigned the t-shirt. Um, the reason I think that they redesigned the t-shirt was not because they were worried about getting sued because they'd win if they got sued. The reason that they redesigned the t-shirt was because I think that their idea was, okay, if you know that this is a parody of a beer brand, that's cool. You'll buy the shirt, but let's not make a big deal out of it. Once it became this mainstream thing, a mainstream story, and if it went to court, it would certainly be mainstream, that their baby-faced top-of-the-company guy was wearing a shirt that was designed after a beer logo. They can't sell that to kids. So I, that's why, in my opinion, they completely decided to get rid of that thing. Um, I would say the Cena-AJ Styles segment on Raw was excellent. I would say the rest of Raw was not very good, uh, unfortunately. Nothing, n none of it for me really worked. You know, everything being a tag match was a bit much. Uh... You know, the opening segment was rough. Uh, I didn't, I, I, again, aside from the one segment, I would say not, not a strong raw. Uh, and even the Dolph Ziggler thing was like, I mean, I know I just went, but it's, you need, <coughs> when I say that good guys and bad guys are a thing of the past and that storytelling is different, it's true, but you still need guys with different value systems. You know what I mean? When I say good guys and bad guys are a thing of the past, I mean, you may not have a scenario where the whole crowd cheers for one guy and boos for another guy. Guys now appeal to different audiences. But when you've got two guys that are just hitting each other with low blows, then it becomes this thing where nobody has anyone to root for. You know? Like if you're rooting for Baron Corbin because he's the type of guy that does that, cool. Then other people are rooting for Dolph Ziggler because he wouldn't do that. But if it's just two guys that kick each other in the dick, you know, I don't know what you're rooting for anymore. It's just, it's two of the same thing. It's too much. Um, however, the big news, aside from the AJ John Cena thing, was the Goldberg promo. Goldberg, of course, the hatch was opened, and we found out that Goldberg will be the guy who's in WWE 2K17. Um, and I, this has a lot of possibilities. Of course, right now, everybody's saying what everybody's always said. All it is is a video game deal. All it was was a video game deal for The Ultimate Warrior. All it was was a video game deal for Sting. It's a foot in the door. I think WWE has strategically used the video game deal uh, many, many times now. This is the third time I think they're using it uh, to kind of see what they can do. There's a, I think Goldberg is – I would like to see him back for one match, not a run. I would like to see him back for one WrestleMania match. He's still in good shape. I, I'm sure he could pull off – I mean – I'm sure he could pull off a decent match. You know, the question would be as decent a match as he's ever pulled off. But yeah, I'm sure he could pull off a decent match. Um, and I think that it would be the type of match that they wanted to make into a huge, huge, huge deal. Uh, not just sort of a, 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 an in-and-out thing, you know. So the question is, who does he, who does he wrestle? I saw at the, uh, on the commercial you could see a Suplex City sign in the mirror, right? 
And the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match is about as natural a fit as the Sting-Undertaker match was. But as we learned from Sting-Undertaker, that doesn't always happen. Uh, I also think that, I, I you know, I, I'm not excited about a Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match. They had one at WrestleMania 20. It was terrible. Uh, I'm also, and I end up in a situation where I've got one guy who's a part-timer and one guy who's wrestling one match, so who cares? Um you know, if Goldberg loses to Brock Lesnar, it's kind of a weird letdown. But if Goldberg beats Brock Lesnar, you've wasted the streak. Uh, so I am not at, I'm against a Brock Lesnar Goldberg match. Uh, another one that makes sense. Of course, you could finally do a Stone Cold Goldberg match, but I don't think Stone Cold's coming back. Uh, you could do Hunter, Triple H versus, uh, versus Goldberg. That's a possibility, and, and that makes sense because you've had Goldberg saying that he doesn't like Triple H uh, for a long time now. He's saying that that was one of the main reasons he left WWE um, originally was because he had to deal with Triple H. Uh, so that's a possibility, and I'm into it, except if we're thinking long-term down the line, I would imagine that the match that's going to happen at WrestleMania next year is Shane McMahon versus Triple H, and... Personally, I'd rather see Shane McMahon versus Triple H because it will be sort of the the culmination of a story that has lasted throughout an entire year. If we get to next year's WrestleMania and it's Triple H versus Shane McMahon, you would have to believe it all has to do with the brand split and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I think that to watch a story unfold over the course of a year and have that be the culmination uh, I think is, is far more worthwhile than just a sort of one-and-done Triple H-Goldberg match. So I would do a Triple H-Shane McMahon match. However, I think John Cena, John Cena is entering a new place in the company where he does not need the world title. John Cena is almost, John Cena is a guy that can work the sort of big, big, big celebrity The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania match. Uh but works for the company full-time. It's amazing. I mean, John Cena has reached a point where, honestly, if I'm running WWE, John Cena doesn't wrestle on Raw very often. If I were running things, I would have him do promos on Raw every week. I would not have him wrestle on Raw all that often. John Cena, to me, has finally entered into that world of, uh, you know, and this is sacrilegious to say, but he's entered into that kind of Undertaker-ish world. I mean, nobody has had the run that John Cena has had, and every match that he has is going to attract a lot of attention, I think. And that's why I wouldn't have him wrestling every week. I wouldn't have him wrestling guys like, you know, that you're not excited about seeing. I I say have him wrestle. I mean, think about how one of the reasons we're so excited about Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns is because Seth Rollins still hasn't wrestled. He hasn't actually wrestled a match. And by the way, the Rollins Roman Reigns segment did not work for me either, unfortunately. You know, I, again, I'm excited about the match. Seth Rollins is, I love Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins is probably my favorite wrestler, but it was not a good segment. Um, but yeah, I, I think John Cena is in a position in his career where he shouldn't be wrestling every night. He shouldn't be wrestling every show. You know, he can, he can, he, he can wrestle every pay per view. I don't have a problem with that, but it should be outside of the world title picture, and it should be big. Like, this is something that, that lifts everything up. This is a star. 
this is the guy who's been in movies, who hosts the Today Show. Like John Cena has reached that point for me. And I think it works this way. Um, and so I would I would try to start planning a John Cena-Goldberg match. And I think that's where the money is anyway. You're talking about uh, a guy who was the franchise player for WCW during their last run and a guy who has been the franchise player for WWE for the last 10 years. I mean, Goldberg, as yes, he had a WWE run, but he screams WCW. John Cena screams WWE. I think it's great. I think that's that's the match to build toward, in my opinion. If you're going to have a Goldberg match, do a Goldberg-John Cena match for the reasons that I've said. Uh, and I think there will be a Goldberg match. I think that the, the door is opened, and Triple H, I mean, has become one of the great water under the bridge guys. Triple H has brought been able to bring the warrior, Bruno San Martino, all these guys back that were done. Triple H has been able to bring them all back and I think he'll be able to do that with Goldberg and I think we'll have I personally believe I don't think it'll be SummerSlam. I personally believe we'll have a Goldberg match at WrestleMania. If it is SummerSlam I would say do Goldberg-Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and have Brock Lesnar win. Um, and then Goldberg disappears for a while, and then he comes back and, and wants to take on John Cena. Maybe. But, you know, I don't think there's any harm in saving the John, the Goldberg match strictly for WrestleMania and have him take on John Cena, uh, especially because theoretically you're going to have a SummerSlam. Well, I mean, my original SummerSlam plan would have AJ and Finn Balor, and it could still be, but, uh, right, I mean, the AJ-John Cena gets me just as excited. So that's it for the week, man. Thank you guys again for being a part of the podcast. Uh, please uh, support all of our sponsors and let them know that you love them. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, rate, review, do that whole deal, and I'll see you next week. Don't forget Thursday. I did it Wednesday this week because or last week because of the draft. But every every Thursday on YouTube is that extra State of Wrestling YouTube show with more news or whatever that's broken. Uh, so check that out on the YouTube channel. And we will see, also on the YouTube channel, I posted the Young Bucks interview. That's on video on the YouTube channel. See you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.